This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Hour number two on a magnificent football Monday. What a fire. Hour number one. Talking. That's Dobbs starting week number one for the Cardinals on the road at the Washington Commanders. Dobbs expected to start week one for Arizona on the road to Washington. And we started our breakdown of NFL Coach of the Year. Really enjoyed our conversation to end the hour there. Talking about the 20% range of outcomes for NFL Coach of the Year. Later this hour, we'll get to the 80% range of outcomes. We'll also touch on, because we like the show to be morbid sometimes, the first coach fired market coming up in the power hour. And, uh win total schedule analysis for all the schools in the Big Ten coming up in our number three. But joining us right now, it's been too long since we've heard his dulcet tones here and seen his handsome face on You Better You Bet. You know him, you love him. Pro sports better Rob Bazola joins us right now. Rob is the founder of the sports betting content network, The Hammer, uh, which features, among others, uh, our good friend Joey Kanish, who comes on the show every week, and our friends Eric Eager and others as well. Rob hosts Circles Off, which is a great sports betting podcast that everyone should check out. I joined uh, G-Stack George. It's funny just saying that mm. out loud. Uh, that G-Stack. episode will drop next week. I enjoyed my conversation with George. And uh, also the host of Forward Progress, which is the Hammers NFL YouTube uh, channel or content division. I'm not good with these terms, so my apologies if I butchered that. And Rob's yeah. on Twitter at Rob Bazola. My friend, welcome back to the show, Nick and Ken. How's your summer been, my man, ahead of uh, week one in the NFL next week? The summer was great. I'll be honest with you guys. There's always, like, we get to the mid-August, late August, and I'm like, wow, the summer just really went by. I'm not feeling sports. And then you watch week zero of college football, some of the worst games imaginable, horrible execution, and it just sucks you right back in. And I'm like, let's get to next week. Let's get to the NFL, the real pro stuff. So this is the most I've been into it in a long time. I'll thank Week Zero College Football for that. Uh, but yeah, summer was great. And now uh, the realization that my life is over for the next five months is kicking in. But I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, Notre Dame Navy didn't do it for you? No? I didn't like really, uh, uh, <laughs> really you get your blood you know pumping? What? Was... I think it was Kanish's UTEP over. Yeah. Oh, God. Man, watching some of these games uh, was the UTEP, yeah, Jacksonville State. I uh, watched uh, yeah. a little bit of FIU, Louisiana Tech. Ohio. Like, it's, oh, yeah. there was some tough watches, but football's back, and uh, I'm not, I'm not ready to complain. Could be the worst games ever. You, you won't catch me complaining about it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so I got some tough, some tough results in week zero. I think for a lot of people that are friends of the show, hopefully better things in week one. And there's about a billion games. Uh, P- Rob, I know people who listen to your spots on our show all the time know that you're a Cowboys fan. You have a, a Cowboys like giant, whatever sticker in the background or whatever that is in front of your speaker that I think people can see behind you. And but you're not a homer, right? We have you on the show. We ask you about the Cowboys all the time. You say, you know, like, I, I feel terrible about this team. I'm actually betting against them or I'm betting on them or whatever. It's more dictated by a smart bet as opposed to that you're a fan. But you came on with us. And in the break right before you came on, you were particularly excited about the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I don't know really how excited, like Super Bowl excited or just really good. The win total is about 10 now in most places. MGM nine and a half juiced way over. Uh, make the case for the Dallas Cowboys this year to do as, as much as you think they can do. 
Yeah. So it's very important for me when I, when I do stuff like this to try to give out like actionable info and it's not like, Oh, I bet this team and the lines moved and I wouldn't bet it anymore. I think the Dallas Cowboys right now in terms of their prices across market, whether that's regular season wins, Super Bowl futures, divisional futures, conference futures are the most undervalued team heading into the season. And again, I am a Cowboys fan. For those who've listened to me for years, you guys know that I'm pretty impartial. I'll come on the show. I'll bet against them sometimes. But I really think that if we just look back to a season ago where they finished with 12 wins, with their starting quarterback getting injured for a period of time, returning, throwing the most interceptions in the entire league, granted a lot of those being uh, bad luck, turnover-worthy play percentage, not all that bad for Dak Prescott, I think the team has an incredibly high floor. And you look at the offseason as well, addressing areas of need. Last year was no secondary option at wide receiver. Now they bring in Brandon Cooks. Michael Gallup becomes a number three coming off of an ACL injury a couple years ago. Defensively, some depth at cornerback was a problem last year. Stephon Gilmore comes in, immediately plugs in as a starter. And yes, these guys are veterans and they're, you know, they're not the youngest, you know, spring chickens by any stretch of the imagination, but they plug in some of the biggest holes that the Cowboys had. Ezekiel Elliott, addition by subtraction type of situation where you just lose those, you know, negative EPA plays that they were constantly running. Am I concerned about the coaching staff? A little bit. I'm not the biggest fan of Schottenheimer. I'm not the biggest fan of McCarthy, but we saw them grow through a season a year ago where things didn't really work out all that well for them. And they still ended up with a 12 win season. And I honestly look around the NFC right now, apples to apples, putting this team on paper compared to the rest of the teams in the NFC. I think there's a pretty significant drop off from the top three, which is Philly, Dallas, and San Fran to everyone else. And I think the sky is the limit. BetMGM right now, 15 to one Super Bowl, I think is the best price that's available in market as I look across the screen. I love that as a play. Uh, I make Dallas closer to 12 to one in that market right now. So that's the team that I mean, you guys can clip this. I, th I think your producers will already make me look like a, uh, you know, the homer that I am when things go wrong. But I, I'm very optimistic for the first time in a long time about Dallas heading into the season. And obviously the trade for Trey Lance this past weekend. Ken and I will talk yeah. about that a little later. I thought it was a great trade. I'll explain why. And just to piggyback off what Rob said, you know, Jalen Torbert, the fourth wide receiver, Cowboys raving about his camp, you know, the second-year wide receiver. And let's say Rico Daddle is going to be the backup running back to Tony Pollard to start the year. Maybe Malik Davis doesn't make the 53-man roster. So a great breakdown from Rob, really bullish on the Dallas Cowboys for next year. And Rob, maybe the Cowboys lay in like 3.25 in between three and three and a half on the road at the Giants, by Giants on Sunday Night Football. Maybe that qualifies is your favorite play for week number one but uh as of right now and we're like 10 11 days out from the season opener lions and chiefs at arrowhead right now at numbers currently available what is your favorite look for week one in the national football league and why okay so i'm gonna again just be completely transparent with the audience i haven't finalized numbers for week one but i can tell you with a very good idea of where i will stand on certain teams just based off of where they are in market and there's probably a couple that stand out to me right now. One of them would be the Packers getting two and a half on the road at the Bears. Uh, I think that one's just a little bit mispriced. I was a buyer of the Bears early on when they made that DJ Moore trade. Uh, but Justin Fields in preseason, the accuracy doesn't look like it's there. I still have a lot of concerns about that team all around. Whereas I think Green Bay is a little bit more complete. You obviously have to worry about the defensive coordinator there. And I think that the talent level on defense has often exceeded the actual output that that defense has been able 
to put together under Joe Barry. But overall, I'm optimistic on Jordan Love. And I probably will make that game closer to a pick than it is at two and a half right now. I'm also pretty bullish on the Steelers this year. So I could see myself buying into Steelers, getting the points at home to the 49ers. Uh, I think San Fran is a pretty solid team all around. I'm not as um, pessimistic, I think, about like their quarterback situation as a lot of people might be. But overall, I am a Kenny Pickett stan. I've kind of been preaching this since he came into the league. I think he showed a lot in this preseason altogether. I think the defense has vastly improved with, um, obviously, Watt in the lineup, which we saw last year when he was out versus when he was in, and the defensive splits that they've been able to put together. But as it stands right now, based off of uh, me generally being high on Green Bay and Pittsburgh heading into the year, and maybe a little bit low on Chicago and San Fran, those would probably be my two looks. Rob, we've spent a lot of time on not just this show, but, and yeah, I know you listen to the show. We listen to your stuff. Like we kind of know what, what, you, what each other is about. We do a lot of random segments on the show. And sometimes we spend a lot of time on teams or things that maybe people wouldn't think we should spend a lot of time on. I mean, we've spent hours on the Arizona Cardinals quarterback rotation in their quarterback room in the last like, today, last week, two weeks ago. And I had a lot of news related to that. And we obviously didn't think we were going to talk about Arizona, but look, they really, you know, release Colt McCoy. We thought he would be the starting quarterback for this year. Colt McCoy is not going to be on the roster. Okay, maybe that's Clayton Toon, who's a rookie, but now hinting with Adam Schefter's tweets that maybe it's Josh Dobbs, who they got last week, who, you know, played in an emergency situation for Tennessee last year. Just like a really bizarre setup. Uh, Jonathan Gannon on the team's quarterback situation. This quote just came out. I'm not going to name a starter, which mirrors what he's been saying the entire time. Whatever. So it's now Clayton Toon or Josh Dobbs against Washington in week one, and maybe for the rest of the year until Kyler Murray comes back, the win total market on Arizona started awful, four and a half. Now it's even worse. There's a three and a half at a domestic sports. That's like insanely low. You read all the things that are happening with Arizona. You see all the things that are happening. Like, does it make you want to bet anything? Do you think they're just going to be bad? Like, how are you approaching Arizona this year, a, a bizarre team, including the quarterback news today? Yeah, I think for me, like – Arizona week one was appealing at one point in the offseason against Washington just for the fact that you look at the commanders and you're like, what are they doing to be favored by this price tag? But I might just cross Arizona off the list completely for the season in terms of a week-to-week basis because I hate to throw around the word tanking because I think it's like taking – It's, it's a okay. It gets a little bit overboard. You're good. Yeah. I, yeah, Nick, I mean, Nick that, does it all the time. <laughs> That's likely what's happening here, right? Like, it looked like maybe they weren't, but, you know, I don't think Kyler Murray's going to play a game for them this year. I think it would make absolutely no sense when you're in the race and a prohibitive favorite to have the first overall pick and draft a franchise-changing quarterback to actually, you know, cause yourself harm in doing that. I mean, we've seen teams do it before. We saw it in Week 18 last season with the Houston Texans, but I just think Arizona's in it for this season to really try to get that number one overall pick, and you really got to question motivation. Now, players on the field are going to play. Like Josh Dobbs going to start. He's going to want to win the game. It's not, he's not just going out there to throw away the game, as is every other professional player in that locker room. But I think the front office has put that team in a position to lose as much as possible. And with Josh Dobbs, I mean, the two games last year, I think, were Dallas and Jacksonville. And he showed some competency in those games. And some people might get excited about that. But if you give teams time to prepare for this guy, I think, I mean... It's just going to be an inherent challenge for Arizona to score points this year. That, that's the reality of the situation. So it might be a little bit too late to take all those alternate win total unders and whatever, but uh, I, 
I'll be very surprised if I'm involved in Cardinals games for, uh, you know, the first couple months of the season here. You better you bet here with Nick and Ken, Magnificent Football Monday, talking the National Football League with Pro Sports Better, Rob Pozzola of the Hammer. Rob is on Twitter, at Rob Pozzola. Rob, the uh, the three likely rookie, rookie starting quarterbacks in week one, or maybe maybe Arizona will be added to the mix when we know Clayton Toon, if and when he's going to start. But right now, it's Carolina with Bryce Young, three-and-a-half-point dogs on the road in Atlanta. Anthony Richardson, four-and-a-half or four-point home dogs against Jacksonville in week one. And C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans, now ten-point dogs on the road in Baltimore. That was nine-and-a-half for most of the offseason and that's moved to 10. Any thoughts on any of the games in week number one involving the rookie quarterbacks or any season-long takes on any of these quarterbacks or teams? Yeah, so these are ones that I particularly struggle with because I don't watch a ton of college football, especially once NFL season starts. So I don't come in with these opinions of players like you guys have in the offseason. And even when I bet the draft, it's not because I'm watching tape on these players. I'm just accumulating as much information as I possibly can when I'm betting the draft rather than like looking at scouting reports and tape or anything like that. Traditionally speaking, I track every bet that I make. And I know that for the first month of the season for the NFL, it's, it's where I've performed the worst over my lifetime weeks one to four. And I think a lot of that is just guesswork on my part. And I'm not as good a guesser as I am working with actual data to try to come up with a number on a game. So Typically speaking, I'm going to try to avoid these games in the early going unless I feel very strongly that they are off by a big amount. So I'll put a number on all of these games. But generally speaking, I think the Colts are kind of live this year just in the sense that I'm not sold on anyone else in the division, period. So I can see like a high upside case for Indianapolis because I think Jacksonville, obviously you have a, a franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, but because so much of their cap is tied up with him and like dead money in particular, they haven't surrounded him with a ton of talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I think people think it's a foregone conclusion. Jacksonville's just going to wrap up that division. I'm not convinced. Tennessee, who knows? Mike Rabel gets the most out of that team every single year. But on paper, bad offensive line, limited weapons. Like I think that there's a case for Indianapolis to really surprise some people if Anthony Richardson is any good. Do I think that's going to be the case? I don't know. I honestly, hard to say, but uh, I could see that team like being one that right now power rated is like one of the worst four teams in the league that can surprise some people. Right. We have like a, a minute left. We've spent, I mentioned, we spent a lot of the show on the Cardinals the last couple of weeks. Another team we spent a lot of time on this offseason. Nick called them the most interesting team, maybe coming into the year, the Rams a story coming out about Matthew Stafford, like not having to learn the names of everybody. And now technologies like, like he's a 70 year old man or something. It's really funny. So McVay's still the coach. Stafford's still the quarterback cup and Donald are on the team. They're supposed to be awful. Do you think they will be awful? Like six and a half win total. We have about 45 seconds left. I don't think they will be awful at first but I think they will be awful by the end of the season because it's going to make no sense for them not to unload guys like Stafford or Aaron Donald mid-season if they're not in playoff contention. I think they're actually a little bit undervalued going into the year because people are imagining what this could spiral into at some point and all the news clippings and everything like that. Ultimately, I think it's a tough sledding for them early on out of the gate. They just don't have as much talent as they did in years past. But they will get to a point in the season where they'll have to make a choice. And I think they're going to try to recoup as many picks as possible because they don't have picks for like the next 10 years with the way that they've built that franchise. So uh, early in the season, below average by end of season, awful. All right. And I think that 
It sounds about right for the Los Angeles Rams this year. Four and a half point dogs on the road in Seattle coming up in week number one. We are really pleased to announce uh, that for like the fourth straight year, basically, the whole since you better you bet's been in existence, the fifth straight football season, Rob will be joining us for a weekly hit during the NFL year. This year it'll yeah. be on Wednesdays, and we really look forward to that. Rob supports us and has since our inception. Support Rob. Check out the hammer on Twitter. Check out Forward Progress. We'll talk with Rob next week. Coming up next, back to NFL Coach of the Year with Nick and Ken. You better you bet.